0: Welcome back to part two of my conversation with Jim Barker, aka James Divine, as we continue to talk through how to cascade his annual goals all the way down to the task level. We pick right up where we left off in our previous episode with setting his quarterly objectives. So if you did not listen to part one yet, you'll definitely want to check out the episode that's just before this one in your podcast feed. Enjoy. Welcome to the belief shift the show that explores what you really need to know about building a successful
1: small business.
0: I'm your host, Camille Rapaz, small business coach and consultant who spent
1: too much of her
0: career working in corporate business performance.
1: And I'm George Trapeau, your co-host and her brother. I'm a leader in the tech world, bringing my corporate perspective, but mostly my curiosity.
0: Together, we're exploring beliefs about success and how to achieve it. But mostly, we're bringing practical solutions so you and your business can thrive. So let's say your quarterly objective is I'm going to have my program planned and I'm going to have the program launch plan and the outline done. That's my Q2 objective. And as you do that, then you can start breaking it into well, what are my monthly priorities? So I do want to give an example of how this sort of plays out that's maybe more tangible than the program one. Before I move into the monthly priorities, which is if you are really going to say, you know, let's just take a revenue goal. For example, you want to grow your revenue by 20% for the year. And that's a big breakthrough for you. Like that's going to take a lot, a big lift because of where my business is at. And so that might mean that then this quarter, your objective is signing four new clients because that's what's going to help you get there. So instead of the goal just being, I'm going to make a 20% increase this quarter, it's very specific to how I'm going to do it. Like this is the task I'm going to do. And so you can see that also in Jim's goal where I'm going to launch this program, but first I need to do this one milestone. So sometimes it's milestone based, like in Jim's, I've got this first milestone of getting the plan together. And sometimes it's not necessarily milestone based, but it's more specific to a process I have to deliver on. So this quarter, the process is I've got to get four new clients. I've got a whole process for how I get those clients, but I just need to do that in order to achieve the revenue growth. So it's just another example of how to think about the quarterly goal to objective. So let's talk about monthly. So cascade level down to the next level from quarterly to monthly, because still quarterly is still big. You still a bunch of work in there. If you listed all the tasks, there's a lot of things. Now, monthly, we start getting even smaller. So just thinking about month one, when you start to work on this goal, You want even smaller tasks. This is where you would ideally have a list of activities or a plan that you're really pulling from where you've just put down. Sometimes I tell people just like, just make a big list of tasks. Don't worry about making a plan. If you're not familiar with how to do that, you don't have to be able to create a project plan for this to work. It will help. And I encourage people to learn how, but you don't have to. So make a list of tasks and activities. And then. We want to make sure that you're really focusing on priorities for this month. So if you were to get smaller and say the first month of the quarter of wanting to do this, Jim, what would you be, be your top three priority activities? So these aren't goals anymore. Objectives is like, I've got three things I really want to get done this month.
1: The three tasks for that first month are the first task is review the other two courses and the outlines ponder those task number two is rough draft and outline for the advanced course and task number three is are you going
0: to shop this outline around or get feedback before you finalize it is there another step in there or are you just going to go straight from I reviewed this and here's my final product there's no wrong answer I'm just asking if there's other like, are you like, yeah, you know, I would also do these other things in this process.
1: I do have my former apprentices look it over and invite them to check it out. So they have looked at the other two before. So yeah, I could do that and have them check out the outline. So that's a good idea. So that would be the third is have all three outlines together, send it to one of my former apprentices for review and feedback. I'll send it to both of them. Yeah. And be like, Hey, give me feedback. Does this, what am I missing?
0: Yes. So I think this is important because as we're planning anything, even the stuff we're expert in getting somebody else's eyes on it, whether they're an expert in your field or not is so important because it's going to help you think about stuff that you just don't, when you're in your brain of, I just need to get it done. So if you want it to be done with quality, always have a, how can I get feedback? How can I thought partner? I did a whole podcast on that. How do I just do good thought partnering? So finding that for you in this process, I think is great. So that means you have these three priorities of, I got to review my current outlines. I got to draft the new outline for the new course. And then I got to get feedback. That's great. Those are three priorities for the month. Then the next question is, is that actually doable in a month?
1: Yeah, I think it is doable. Okay. It's far less than I would have expected me to do or like weaponized in my <laughs> non planning. Like, if I was not actually planning or if I didn't have you as my coach, the internal voice is like, you can do more than that. That doesn't seem like enough. You'll yes. never get it done if that's all you do. But actually, these micro moves are key. And yes, this is important. <laughs> because I'll actually get them done because they seem like really minor tasks.
0: Excellent.
1: They seem doable.
0: Yes. I love that they feel doable because they should, when you're getting to the monthly level, you know, I love me some stretchy goals, but at the monthly level, it should feel like, no, I could do that. I still have to push to you know find time for this, but I can do that. Like that's not totally out of the realm of possibility. It feels doable to you. So I love that it feels like that. The other thing I'll say is, When I say top three priorities for the month, it doesn't have to be three. So if you had said it's too much, I would have said, well, make it two then. Make it two priorities. That's okay too, but no more than three. Like three is kind of this magic number of what we can keep track of. So those three and them having connected together, I think is a lovely way to think about how you do this. So you've got your three. Now we got to get even smaller. So it's still kind of big. So now it's what are the tasks for the week? And again, you can just look at, what you want to do this week in service to these top three monthly priorities. So maybe week one, I don't know. What sounds like a reasonable just in one week that you would want to do?
1: I think I have them organized. I hope I have them organized, but I think find the outlines from the previous classes. That might be a whole week. You know what? Work.
0: Oh, I love this as a task. <laughs> Shoot. Because some, sometimes we're just like, oh, Dang wait, it. I thought I just had that. But do Where I or is, is it as good as I think it is? Dang it. Beautiful, Jim. Absolutely beautiful. So yes, just having that be like this week, I just got to find those darn things. Sometimes it's just a week of gathering the tools and the equipment and the content and the stuff I need to actually do my job. So do not underestimate the task of, I actually need some stuff and I don't know if I have all of it and I might have to search a little bit. And it could have been, I need to buy some stuff. Like if I'm going to create, maybe I'm like, I want some post-its to do my job. So I want to get that or or some other planning materials or who knows what it is. I either, I
1: either underestimate that, or there's a little bit of shame. Like I'm organized. I have that somewhere. (laughs) This is what I do. And I don't admit that to my coach or worse to myself. And then I'm scrambling and I didn't account for that time. And so give myself grace. Like if you're listening will you please comment or email Camille that like to tell Jim he's not alone. I would like to know if I'm the only person that ends up like I'm an expert in something. And I also sometimes need to search for it and don't have it as organized (laughs) as I should have it. Is it just me? Please let me know. Oh
0: yes. Do let us know. And you can do that either on Instagram at the belief shift or you can also leave us a voice message. You can go to beliefshift.com and there's a little widget where you can click voicemail and you what? can just leave a voice message and we can play it for Jim. So do tell us.
1: I want to know if I'm alone. He can't
0: be the only one. You, possibly, you can't possibly. I, you said something else that made me think I should make this point too, which is when you don't admit it to your coach that you're not good at a thing. And I have this a lot. So this is for anybody out there who's thinking about hiring a coach and maybe you're not doing it because you're like, I don't want to show all of my dirty laundry to somebody, but here's the thing. There's no greater gift to a coach than for your client to show up a hot mess. Cause when <laughs> you don't, I don't really have that much work to do, but when you show up a hot mess, I'm like, ah, work to be done. So we love to hear when you're like, I'm failing at this. I'm not great at that. Those are just these beautiful little gems for us of like so much lovely opportunity to help you advance and move forward. So just know that, just know that your coach wants to hear about what a hot mess you are and does not want you to show up with all your stuff perfectly done. Because even though you would think that we would be like, oh, that means I'm really doing my job. On the other hand, why are you hired me if you're in such good shape, if everything's good, what's going on? Yeah. Okay. So we have your tasks to do that first week. And I do <laughs> want you to just do this week by week. You don't need to yeah. do it for all four weeks of the month. Just like, okay, week one, what am I doing? Then the next move is when am I going to do it? So when you get to the weekly level, this level of cascade is finally getting to the, now I have to commit to when I'm going to do the thing. So now I want you to look at your calendar And you're going to say, I need to schedule time in my calendar. Like literally I'm making an appointment with myself for when I'm going to do this. It could be micro moves. It could be, I've got 15 minutes here, here, and here when I can work on it, or it could be more of a significant time block. It's completely up to you and what works in your schedule, but you will schedule time and make a date with yourself. I mean, why wouldn't you make a date with yourself to work on your most exciting goal for the year?
1: And the goal that represents some serious revenue.
0: Yes. I mean, this is growth of your business. So you've right. got to schedule time for it. So you have to do that on a weekly basis.
1: Okay. So I love this because I was thinking, gosh, I got to schedule out my week, like three months in advance or my date. And I'm like, oh no, no, I take my quarterly and my monthly, and then I use that okay, it's Sunday. I'm going to plan my week. What am I doing this quarter? What am I doing this month? Oh yeah, that's, that's, and what did I do last week? Oh, I get it. I get it. And we rewrite, I rewrite my goals and I look at this weekly. I see this totally makes sense. Now you're
0: focused on what is the work all the way down to then the weekly level you're focused on. When am I going to do it? And then at the daily level, you're really pulling tasks directly from the plan. So you've got maybe these time blocks, but on a daily basis, let's say you didn't have a time block today. When you make your plan for the day, you could decide, I, I have some time, but I'm gonna work some micro moves in. I'm gonna do a yeah. couple things on this. I have the time to do it. Or maybe you're like, I don't have anything scheduled today. I don't know time blocks to work on my big goal. And that's perfect. Cause I gotta do other stuff today. So on a daily basis, you can also make adjustments. But always book time at the front end of the week, because it's the way that you can make sure if you just kind of hope that it'll show up daily, you know what happens. It doesn't work out. Somebody like me calls you and says, Hey, you want to record a podcast with me? And you say, yes. And then that time block that you thought you were going to have to work on your goal goes away.
1: I know that my landlord doesn't accept hope as payment.
0: (laughs) Good point. <laughs> so I, as your coach, I'm not going to accept hope as making progress on your goals. People will say, "Well, I hope to work on it this day." And I'm just shaking my head, like, "No, you can't hope. You have to plan. You have to yeah. plan to work on it that day." Yeah, this is hope- where planning will save your butt.
1: There's a role for hope as far as like the opportunity In Star but- Wars.
0: Yes, there's a whole role for hope
1: <laughs> <laughs> for sure but i was planning with hope last year and although i made a revenue goal by luck or because of other reasons i did not make the actual goal of launching my courses and so i made less than i could have and that was you know a bummer but it was a hope based goal not you know not as planful and this is much wiser this year
0: And here's the thing about the way that we just walked this down into weekly time blocks and then committing to those, even if they're just 15 minutes, everybody has 15 minutes in the week to make progress. And I guarantee if you do that, you're going to make a lot more progress than you think because there's a snowball effect where you'll start to build momentum and you'll make a time block for yourself. Even if you like, you know what? I have time on Saturday morning nobody's doing anything. I am so motivated to work on this and it won't feel like you're forcing yourself or you're sacrificing anything. Cause you'll be like, I'm excited to work on this. I've got this momentum and I'm going to do this work. So part of this work is to help build you momentum in working on it. But the other part of this is you are going to make amazing progress, regardless of whether that gets you to a launch in Q4, because that remains to be seen. There's a bunch of steps in here. Lots of things can happen. And this is where we are focused on your process of working on it weekly over the outcome of, I want to launch it in Q4. Because frankly, if you launch it in Q1 of the next year, still winning. That's better than not doing anything at all, like happened last year. And that's what we're focused on. So that's why this cascading process, it's breaking it down to, I have a process that supports me making progress on the goal without getting too hung up on this outcome, which also for you is I'm getting up in my own head about how much money I think I'm supposed to make on it and how many people I think that might need. And no, take that out of it. Just focus on the next step that's in front of you. Sure. You're going to have to put a price on it at some point. Sure. You're going to have to start marketing it to people, but if you don't focus on that and you instead focus on just the steps you're going to really get to a much better place in the end and you're going to be better prepared by then. You're going to be like, I don't know. I'm just going to charge this and do that. And I'm going to be ready to go. Or you're going to call your coach and say, help me out. I need a thought partner this out, but I'm getting stuck and you'll make it through that. But that's the power of process over outcomes. I do want to talk a minute about how many breakthrough goals anybody should have.
1: 50, so- because I have a lot of things to do and there's all these <laughs> things. And I have the backside and all the secret goals that I didn't tell you about that I'm actually going to yes. try to do anyway.
0: You did. You keep talking about secret goals. And I'm always like, he's kidding. Are you kidding. kidding. Does he, maybe he does have secret goals. I don't know. Is he I don't, away with
1: something? I don't have them, but so many people have them where they're like, okay, yeah, we're only going to do three goals. And then you find out they're actually on working on stuff. all this other stuff.
0: Because we don't know how to say no to things. This is why making a strategy is so important. I've got to say no to something. If I want to do this thing really well. So if you are a solopreneur or a micro business owner, as in you've got less than 10 employees, I really, really cannot emphasize enough how important it is to stick to one breakthrough goal for the year. And just a few stability goals, like don't even try to track a bunch of other goals. Just find a few key things to keep track of that will tell you if your business is performing well. And if you're making progress, try to keep it simple. When we take on too many goals, and we don't have a team of people to help us, I mean, there's just no way. If you're a little bit bigger business, so you're still a small business, but maybe you've got more employees, you've got more of a team backing you up. Maybe you do have, you know, so you've actually hired somebody to help you on the administrative side to really, specifically to drive stuff forward. As you get a little bit bigger, you can start to take on bigger, more breakthrough goals. But even then, I tell people just like three max And I'm talking like you're a bigger company. You're like 50 employees. You've got plenty of people to spread the work around to. But that still is, even though I say that, it still might not work for you if your business is bigger, if it's still unstable and chaotic, you're probably still only going to be able to handle one goal at a time. So it also depends on the stability of your business, whether you can do it or not. So just fewer is better, everybody. And I know it means you have to be patient and all of that stuff. But it's why we go through the strategic planning process to make sure that that one goal you pick is the right goal for your business at the right time, and that it all makes sense. So that's my preaching about, please, fewer goals is better. Fewer goals, baby. That's how it works.
1: I love this sermon. I'm feeling the spirit.
0: (laughs) Feeling the Holy Spirit of goal setting. Yes. Can we walk through just a couple other goal cascade examples? The big breakthrough goal is the big important one, but I kind of want to hit on revenue and stability goals really quickly. Can we do that? Yeah. yeah. So when you're thinking about your big revenue goal, you know, you've got like, you know, I want to make a half a million dollars this year. Well, that has to get broken down into some level revenue expectations so that you can see if you're on track or not. So you want to break this down into first, again, same process quarterly. What do I expect to make each quarter? And is that just steady because that's how my business works or does it fluctuate seasonally? As in Jim's example, I have some seasons where I'm highly active over the holidays and then maybe not so much in the first quarter or whatever it is for you, but first being thoughtful about that. How does my business sort of fluctuate seasonally? What should I expect to do? So that's your first level. And then your next level is now I just, again, just for this quarter, I look at month one, what's my target for month one. And I want you to not just have a number, but this is what you and I were just talking about before this, which is I have a number, but do I have the quantities of things to sell at the price points to add up to that number? So you're going to have to do some math. I need to go, well, if I'm going to sell, you know, if I want to make $10,000 this month, Am I selling two things for $5,000? How many things do I have to sell at what price point to get there? And now you've already got, as a business, I already have products and services. So I already have price points set. So then it kind of drives it to, oh, how many of those do I have to sell? And that should then drive you to, what's that mean my marketing plan is this month? Because of how many things I've set myself up to sell. Or it could be vice versa. This is the month when it, my ex-service is really like people really want it like it's Halloween and everybody wants me to do X, Y, Z for them. And so this is my month when I market this one thing. So I'm going to count on all my revenue coming from this one part of my business. This is the type of planning I want people to do is they're walking down the revenue targets is to be strategic about it. Don't just have a number that I'm going to try to make in any old way I can have a number with a strategy and a plan, a marketing plan that backs it up for exactly how I want that to happen. So that's the walking it down that I want people to do. So for you, Jim, this month, maybe so maybe like the month of January is a good example because this was your month to be out and about and down in New Orleans and doing stuff. What was your primary way of making money this month? What did you target as you don't have to give numbers, but just your way that you were doing it, your strategy?
1: So I was primarily doing readings and events. Um, My revenue comes from readings and events, like I said in the top, coaching and classes and speaking. And so this month in January, my revenue really came from the top two, which is readings and events and coaching, because I did have some New Year's parties. I had a birthday party. I had some private readings. I did have a coaching client that renewed in January, and I didn't have any classes or speaking revenue. So when I looked at that, I realized that a portion of my revenue for the year is not equal. So when I think about, I was worried cuz when I broke out my quarterly revenue and then monthly revenue, I thought, "Oh my gosh, I didn't meet my monthly revenue goal," but I had broken that out just evenly. For my total revenue by month. But I realized, well, quarter one, well, I think in March, I'm going to launch one of my courses. But for January, what I need to do is just break out the readings and events and the coaching revenue. So I need to just take that and divide that by 12 and understand like, am I at target for that number? So as I yes. start to look at this, I'm like, oh, I'm not expecting revenue from classes from my courses in January. So when I look at that, and I know what I've made, well, I know partially what I've made, I think I actually am on target. It's very helpful to look at it in this way. And I know that if you're already a financial person, or you already have those things, but as a solopreneur, looking at it this way, it's like, oh, no, duh. And you have to sort of think about like, oh, not every month is going to be the same revenue. I can't just take The X number, the $100,000 I'm going to make this year and divide it by 12 or whatever that number is, I have to actually think about, oh no, because I'm doing this course launching in March. So that month should be a different revenue target.
0: Yes. And so I love this because that means part of your revenue plan is some of it is more consistent month by month and you should look at that and whether you're on target or not differently than the stuff that comes either more seasonally or has a launch season however you define that. And this is really important for you to actually see if your business is performing the way that you want it to. So I typically map out over the year, what's my best guess quarter by quarter, but then month by month, I'm updating it as I go. So I'm looking now at what's my projection for February? What activity does that mean I should do? And so some of that is here's my already pre-baked contracts that I have. I know I'm already making X amount of revenue from these clients that's projected, but then there's, what do I need to develop? That's new business. That's the name of the game. How do I focus on constantly developing the new business and where is it coming from? And am I being deliberate about that? Or am I still just kind of going through the motions? So that process is really important so that you can pay attention to the fluctuations and the also amount of energy you have to put into your business. This also applies to stability goals. Let's just say you're trying to grow your email list every quarter. And maybe that's a very consistent, steady thing to do that you want to do throughout the year. So maybe you have some big number, like I want to double my email list growth, or I want to grow it by 20%. doesn't matter what it is. Again, you want to walk it down to, well, what does that mean? I want my growth to look like this month. And am I doing a specific promotion to make that happen? Or am I just counting on all this kind of evergreen stuff that's going on to make that work? So even just the stability goals, you could have similar around customer service goal. You could have a similar one around, you know, if you're hiring or you have HR employees, you could have a goal around employee engagement. So there's just some basic stuff, you know, even so some of my clients are, in particular industries that really have to pay a lot of attention to safety and compliance. And so you'd have specific goals around, am I hitting safety numbers? Am I hitting compliance numbers? So all of these are just the, I've got to look at them at a monthly basis and set those clear expectations. So goals cascade is really for all the stuff in your business. You got to get it down to a level where you can see it. This is how we get in front of the problems before they become problems in our business, because we're looking at the numbers on a regular basis to see whether things are getting off track or not. So we can adjust.
1: It's so inspiring. When I look at what I have on my page, I realize, Oh wow. For the email, what am I actually doing to increase emails? Oh, I can have a bunch of tasks under there or a bunch of strategies or things to do that actually would, ramp up or could push that email subscriber count? Or what are the things I'm going to do to get more readings? Gosh, could I do a little email campaign or a little something here? So this is also, I see where the things that are missing in my plan. And it's so fun because that's where the creativity comes in, in the lattice work metaphor. And how is the vine going to fill that? And super fun. And I love it.
0: Yes. And it is essentially getting to, you have a lot of outcome goals now. So I'm looking also at Jim's plan that he's written up as we're talking about this. And he has how much he wants to increase followers on Instagram, how much he wants to grow his email list, along with all of his revenue goals. And he's got other stuff in here about just some just basic growth that he wants to experience. And his next step is, you can think of it as what's your strategy, but really what is my process? I have outcomes. Do I have a process to drive that outcome? Right. And most people stop here and they just assume like, well, I just keep doing what I'm doing and it'll be fine. Well, not if you want to grow and it's not a huge growth in some of these numbers, but it's a little bit of growth. And that means you need to at least be thoughtful at the very minimum. Ask yourself if the process you're following now is sufficient and right. then double down on that. Yeah. Like, I'm going to continue this process that works for me. But being deliberate about defining the process and not just assuming that these outcome things will happen because I said them, that's essentially what this is all about. Make sure there's a process or a plan or however you like to think about it. But I think of it as I need a specific process that will get me those outcomes. And that's what I want everyone to focus on now at this time of year. Once you've got those goals set, do I have a process that drives what I want to have happen in my business? and keep doing it. It's not a one-time activity. You keep defining that process. You keep refining your plan as you're going throughout the year and getting to that time block. That's this very simple part of when am I going to actually do the process without that? Even then the process doesn't help you. That's part of it is if I haven't said when I'm going to do it, it's not going to happen. So there you go. That's the goals cascade process.
1: It's so fun.
0: So I encourage everybody to go do it and leave me again, leave a voice message. If you have questions about the process, either Instagram or leave a voice message, like, I don't understand how this part works. Or what about if it's this kind of goal or whatever, leave your questions and I'll respond on another podcast about it. If I get some good ones, I mean, or here's a shameless
1: plug only because I'm your client and (laughs) I was not asked to do this, but if you really have questions, get a coach. Like call True. Camille. Do you still do those free half an hour meet I with have somebody free discovery
0: calls? Yeah. yeah,
1: do that and check her out because you just saw what it was like with me, and we all can use support. So I love True. that I get support, and as a solopreneur, especially, I was told going into business by yourself can be very lonely, Jim. And I am a pack animal, so having another person to look at things and challenge. Hey, it looks like you're missing this. Have you thought about that? It's the best. So thank you, Camille, even on your podcast coaching, if you love and want to learn to love this, like I have, I recommend any coach. I especially recommend get a free discovery call and see if Camille is a great coach for you.
0: Oh, thank you, Jim. Check is in the mail. No, I was
1: not paid for that endorsement. (laughs) Not paid for
0: that endorsement. (laughs) Nor did he pay for this coaching session. So win-win. That's true. (laughs) I'll have to do some more on you know podcast coaching because there you go. Welcome
1: to podcast coaching.
0: I do want to emphasize for people that just doing this, like practicing this, is so important because you can't get better at this until you try. If you want to practice and learn faster, you get somebody to help you so you can practice learning how to play the piano by yourself, all you want. But if you practice with a teacher, you get better faster. And that's really what business coaching is for. It's like, I can help you get better at this faster than if you're just kind of fumbling around on your own. The lessons learned aren't as quick when you're just doing it. It's still a way to go, still do it. But if you want to go faster, that's why you get a coach or a consultant to come help you. So yeah, let gonna on discovery call. It'll be fun. Thank you for this, Jim. This was fabulous. I so appreciate you being willing to share all about your business with the world. Thank you so much for being on the podcast with me again. And you know what? We might have you back. Maybe we'll have you back like in Q2 to see like how your quarterly business review process is going and how you're doing on the goals. And that would be kind of fun.
1: Yeah, let's do our QBR on the podcast. That'd be fun.
0: (gasps) Okay, done, done and done. George might have to be here for that one. He he won't want to miss out on the QBR process. Yeah. Thank you, Jim. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And we will be back in your ears next week.
1: See you then.